I wonder how right we are or how off based we are. By, I know. By guessing, like, please tell us because like the, the improv moment, you could just tell that there's just so true. much more to it. True, because like when you improv, like it's already full. You're not trying something. You know, you're not saying a line. It's because you're already like you're on board with what's the mm -hmm. situation is. Yeah. So I mean, we could be right, but we could be <laughs> yeah, very, wrong. We could be very off base, and that just means that they're just that even good better. at writing. <laughs> they're like, no, we wrote every single beat and moment right. <laughs> that you've seen in this show, right? And they deserve that would be insane. ten times more than what they're getting. That would be insane, dude. <laughs> yeah, writer oh, strike geez. immediately. Yeah. <laughs> double, triple your pay. Yeah. <laughs> Yay! Welcome to the Discuss and Discuss podcast. Today we're going to be talking about a very special episode of The Bear Season 2. Episode 6, the longest episode so far. It's so amazing. I kept telling you, I was like, <laughs> you have to watch episode 6. I think this has to be an episode in itself because there's just so much going on in it. What did you think? Yeah, it definitely felt like a special episode. Like... Some TV shows used to do it, like back in the day, like like Psych. Psych right. would have uh, a special episode after like mid-season, and then they would have a Christmas episode. This was kind of like the same thing, but it was actually in between, and there's also no break. They just released all the episodes at once, you know? But it was a good episode. It's crazy because I think out of all my years of watching movies and shows, <laughs> which is, you know, since I was born, essentially... <laughs> this probably had to be the best way to execute something like this right it's a, a an episode that takes place in the past mm -hmm. with the whole family again like you mentioned it's a christmas dinner however they still have such good storytelling where it drives the show forward in an episode that takes place in the past that yeah. is nuts well what's awesome is that every every dialogue just builds on one another it, it's like the whole episode just feels tense, you oh, know. Yeah. And and Jamie Lee Curtis does a good job playing like this crazy mom, you know. And the kitchen's already hectic, so like the moment the episode is beginning already, and we walk into the kitchen, and it's just like a mess going crazy. Like Jamie Lee's like losing, it. yeah. <laughs> she's like, make sure this, this, and then this, and this, and this, and we don't hear the alarm clocks yet. She's basically just mm -hmm. announcing what Carmi needs to do in order to help her. She's like, all right, when this alarm goes off, take this out. And then you got to put this in or whatever. And it's just like wild crazy. And then we get another payoff later when all the bells start ringing. Mm -hmm. And then she's just like, what the fuck was mm -hmm. that? You know, and she's like, she doesn't even know. I don't know. Like, she's just losing it. Yeah, it's so uh, interesting because it encapsulates like what it's like to be in a professional kitchen. Hence, like Carmi again, trying to go and, you know, he's a world renowned chef or whatever. And it starts back at home, you know, like he sees all this stuff that his mom does and probably is why he does cooking. Like we actually don't know his intention yet. It's kind of hinted that it starts with his family, right? His mom's a big chef. Uh, well, likes to cook, let's just say. Mm, actually, I don't know if likes to is the word, but cooks because she finds that it gives her meaning and provides like some kind of purpose for her. And we also get hinted that she probably has an undiagnosed mental disorder. Uh, I'm, thinking, yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking Undiagnosed. it's a bipolar disorder, you know, like, cause she has that like very like mm. back and forth and she's asking Carmi for help at one point and then instantly switches and says, why isn't anybody helping me? Why isn't anybody helping me? I don't know if it's bipolar per se. Like I, I want to begin with 
she she does have an insecurity and she mentioned in her in that episode where she was like i just want someone to do this for me and this is how she shows kind of love for mm -hmm. everyone else so she's like putting all this pressure on herself to make this big ass dinner and she won't really let anybody else help because she wants this to be her she allows Carmi to help because Carmi is a cook and maybe that's her favorite son or whatever we don't really know but it's not mikey <laughs> mm -hmm. mikey is around but he's not cooking um but she's putting all this pressure on herself to cook this dinner because this is her value that she's giving so in a way she's feeling not valued and that builds on like a long time, long stretch of life <laughs> to where with enough tension and pressure, she'll explode. So I don't yeah. know if it's like bipolar. I think it's, we're in a society now where we're just ready to diagnose everybody with a disorder. Like yeah. we all got mental Ill illnesses, but like before jumping to that conclusion, I just want to figure out like a little bit deeper and how she feels like you know yeah that's fair and like her performance jamie lee curtis i think is an amazing person i love that you know when everywhere every sorry everything everywhere all at once came out you know we found out a little bit more about her like how she um she's one of the actors that likes to stay on set to learn about every single thing to like oh, really yeah. absorb you know herself in the environment with the people you know involved in the set because the people involved in the set and um you know the writers and stuff that are there like that's how you do more homework right on your character and, and like just really absorb yourself in that i'm sure she probably you know did the same exact thing here was just soaking it all in uh and, and again like the story behind this is so good i want to add to that yeah. uh she does stay on set for a long time and remember knives out mm -hmm. so her character was actually even smaller than that mm -hmm. but because she stayed on set for so long um, the writer, oh shoot, I forget his name. It's like Ryan something. Yeah. I, anyways, I can't remember either. <laughs> anyways, the director and writer for Knives Out, um, saw that she stayed on set for a long time. So like he ended up making her role a little bit bigger. Mm -hmm. So yeah. And she probably didn't even care. She was just like, yeah, I'm just here just to absorb information. And I find that one inspiring too. like the mm -hmm. work ethic is like just Mm. <laughs> work ethnic, ethnic. <laughs> <laughs> it's a race now it's a race mm -hmm. um everyone else too that every cameo that appears in this episode is just nuts because i came into it not knowing anything you came into it i'm pretty sure not knowing it's yeah. anything except for the fact that it's wild <laughs> yeah it's hectic and so yeah i'll list it out we get a cameo from bob odenkirk uh sarah polson uh oh gosh i'm forgetting his name uh comedian oh john mulaney john mulaney he's in this we also take uh, oh sorry and then uh also jillian um, jacobs jacobs mm -hmm. from community you know shout out to her one of my favorite comedy shows <laughs> but uh we also take a deep dive into every other character in this show as well and oof, it's a lot to unpack <laughs> yeah it's the cool thing is that every character has their own type of energy to them so like it's not crazy because everyone's crazy only one person is really crazy <laughs> which is like Jane lee curtis right donna yeah donna and then everyone else kind of just adds to it like a little bit and a little bit for example the dynamic between bob odenkirk uh i don't remember his character name but mm -hmm. him and his interaction with mikey mm -hmm. but basically he's like poking these little holes in 
Mikey's insecurity. And we see over throughout the episode where Mikey needs to like take a break and you see him kind of like losing it, but then like trying, he's slapping himself trying to get it together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think that's too, like, it's just diving, diving more and more into his depression depth, you know? And like when he has that heartfelt moment with Carmi and they're in the pantry, just talking back and forth, um, you can tell like he's on the verge he's he's on that teeter-totter right mm -hmm. like it's gonna go one way or the other and when he started slapping himself after Carmi left like you can tell he's just i think he found the point you know well yeah it's, it's that, tipping that tipping point, point. where w what we're seeing right now is validation for why he committed suicide right. you know like they're talking about in the previous episodes but here in this special christmas episode we see like Oh, okay. So, like, Bob Odenkirk's character is calling Mikey's character a loser. He never uh, accomplished anything. He, like, can't even complete anything. And he's basically reliving the same stories over and over again to kind of feel relevant. Mm -hmm. And then we get a glimpse into Carmi's argument about, like, why won't you let me work at the restaurant? In a way, it's kind of, like, similar in uh, uh, Donna, Donna's nature to only to be the only cook in the kitchen. Mikey kind of needs the restaurant to be his own thing without right. Carmi in order to find that validation and value, you know, mm -hmm. just a lot. <laughs> yeah. And I agree. And I get it. Like this whole family dynamic is just intense, you know, like we have a large family too. So we know how crazy it can get. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so this one was super relatable. I also love that, you know, from beginning to end, we get very lighthearted interactions. We get a lot of like really beautiful relationship moments that, you know, kind of, again, build on the character, build on the whole story. And it just pieces it together a little bit more and more like Carmi not wanting to come back home for the holidays because he knows it's going to get crazy. He knows it's going to be a lot. Yeah, like know? he's always stressed. And then it makes sense why they all smoke. <laughs> mm -hmm. They all smoke. Um, also, Sugar's insecurities in herself, you know, like she just wants to be loved by her mom. She wants to feel like it's enough. And she kept trying to help her mom, but you can tell Donna did not want that. Just like, you know, you got to stay out of the kitchen because, you know, that then there's that story. Yeah. Um, and so it was just like so sad to see Sugar being, and she wants love and she has so much love to give. And now her becoming a mom herself, like she's trying to be the best mom she can be to everyone else mm -hmm. while also being nervous that she's going to have her kid of her own when she's a beautiful person already trying to be everyone's mother, you know? Yeah. It's so interesting. And again, it comes from the fact that she didn't get enough love from Donna. Yeah. It makes sense for everything that's going on. Like what's really cool is that they balance these high intense moments with those heartfelt moments that these other characters are sharing with one another. So it's not just like, um, we're, we're not only focusing on one character's, um, interaction with one another, one another, we get Richie's character interacting with his, um, baby mama. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think her name was uh, Tiff. Tiff. Yeah. So Jillian oh, yeah. Jacobs. Yeah. Jillian Jacobs. Tiff. Tiff. And we get that interaction of like, we're so used to seeing Richie just like lose it and just like always being insecure in a way, kind of like Mikey, Mikey, you know, mm -hmm. and trying to find purpose and whatever. But in this moment, he like really does love Tiff and he's trying to like look out for her and be, you know, and mm -hmm. be like really sweet. Mm -hmm. And then we get Uncle Jay and his interactions with everybody else. It's just like really cool. I love Oliver Platt as Uncle Jimmy. 
he does such a good job. You can tell he's also in some like shady business or whatever, and he's like <laughs> really good businessman and whatever. But he still cares about everyone in the family, helps them as much as he can, and like giving them all the support. Um, it's just so beautiful. And you know, to go back a little bit when we get Sarah Paulson in, and then um, John Mulaney's character is coming in too. Like their their cameo didn't feel like it was overshadowing anything. It yeah. wouldn't feel like too much, whatever like they fit into the story so well like it's just another fold to the stuff and you know sarah paulson wants what's best for carmy yeah you know reaches out to him and stuff like that like it's so again wonderfully done mm -hmm. that it just doesn't overshadow anything it doesn't feel like it's too much everyone's relationship feels like it matters mm -hmm. like it wasn't something that they shoehorned in like we see a lot in many movies and tv shows it's just like it truly does feel like a family that that's like trying to deal with what's going on mm -hmm. one step at a time <laughs> and then even bob odenkirk calls out uncle jimmy for trying to take care of mikey all the time mm -hmm. it's like dude you're a sucker because you're taking care of him and you're falling for it and all that stuff because you know we mm -hmm. also know that uncle jay lent 300k 300k but more now but mm -hmm. it was 300k for mikey just to start up that restaurant right so it's he cares about mikey and he's willing to give up 300k for it you know mm -hmm. even though it's so like infuriating or frustrating and aggravating but it's like really cool because the theme here is like what are you willing to do for family pretty much another wonderful piece of writing uh, i don't know if you caught on with the interaction what is it when they're all sitting down it was mikey oh i, I don't think mikey was there sorry uh, it was sarah Paulson's character i can't remember her name or john mulaney's character but they were sitting down, they are talking, and they're bringing up the significance of the bear, you know, in the story or whatever. And John Mulaney is like, you know, the first time I saw a bear in Northern California, it was terrifying. And they go on with it. And it, they use that as a device to, I don't know if this is the right word for it, but to justify the name, you know, either of the restaurant or of the, um, the, well, the name of the show you know mm -hmm. so they talk about the bear and why they chose the bear because it's a fearsome creature they literally are land tanks okay they're like tanks on land that nature just provided you know us to try to com combat with you know yeah. try to live with these things are terrifying but also like just i don't know splendid creatures that are just pretty intense and so you know they chose the bear because it's just an absolute monster but it also has like its beautiful moments and stuff. And so it fit really well again with the story and everything like that. Yeah. It's like a metaphor for what they are. It's like, they can be fierce, they can be intimidating, but at the same time, they can also be sweet mm -hmm. yeah. and cuddly and cuddly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only two characters, which I, again, I always find them hilarious. Right. So the fact brothers, <laughs> yeah, they just come in there. That's the kind of energy that again, Maddie Matheson has. I like that. They found, you know, a partner for him who, shares the same energy and you know is able to keep a light however when they're sitting down and eating dinner together and whatever and you see fact actually get scared of mikey and get you know intimidated by that whole scenario that goes down between mikey and bob odenkirk's character mm -hmm. i thought that was another like wonderful piece that you're talking about when they're all at the dinner table yeah already? and they're like throw the fork throw the fork i dare you and mikey's like hey can i have your fork but everyone is like afraid of mikey oh, in that moment 100%. in that moment is just like so tense mm -hmm. it's everyone is aware of what's going mm -hmm. down and it's just like everyone's kind of like 
uh, what is it, walking on eggshells, trying mm-hmm. to trying to like talk Mikey down from the cliff, and he's just like, "Don't, please," you know. Like, <laughs> Sugar was just like, "Please, Mikey, <laughs> yeah. I love you." <laughs> yeah, everyone is just like trying to calm him down. Mikey was just like pushed too far, pretty much, by Bob Odenkirk. Oh, man, that interaction is really good. There's also like moments you can tell there's a lot of improvisation still that we mentioned in the the previous uh, bear episode. In here is just it's just so good. Everyone's like level of talent just well it, yeah. I mean, and charisma just matches each other. As far as like cameos go, I think th- I mean these are all like known actors that's been doing stuff like for a while. <laughs> yeah. So, plus, like Bob Odenkirk is already good at improv because I think that's where he started out. Yep. And I don't know. I think this show requires a level of improv just because. Sure, we can say there's good writing, but it's also like the good writing part is like, all right, this is the story. Here's a little bit of dialogue, but know that like the camera is going to stay on. So you can't just like wait for the other person to say something. It's like you got to fill that gap, that like open space. So it kind of guides that other actor or everyone into the next line or the next part of the story. So it goes on. Mm -hmm. So it's, I don't know. (laughs) It's good stuff. Good stuff. Oh my gosh. Like um i again i appreciate them putting the episode where they did too you know right in the middle of season two after we already have established um other relationships beforehand and then we also get um you know them building up mikey's restaurant and transforming it into the vision that him and carmy had Mm -hmm. and then they're going through it all and then they you know blast in the past like boom here's this episode this is why everything is why everyone's the way they are it gives us a glimpse into the psyche of what we're getting yes for carmy and sugar Mm -hmm. and mikey but like it's like you said maybe maybe it's donna's messiness in the kitchen where carmy wants to be a good chef because he's like i don't want to be like that you know and it's you can call it mom issues or whatever but like a lot of um i forget where i read it from a book or article but like a lot of us choose our occupations based on like our domestic lives Hmm. it's like oh what are we struggling with oh okay so that's the occupation we want because we feel like that's somehow going to give us control over what's happening at home oh interesting yeah yeah (laughs) that's a very good point like you can tell you know when don is in the kitchen she's messy everything's going wild and nothing's organized but when we see carmy in the kitchen he's like Mm -hmm. make sure this 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 Mm -hmm. this why are the pans on the left side needs to be on the right side or whatever you know and then uh when he cuts a piece of tape even you know he likes the straight edges because that is something he can control Mm -hmm. you know it's not messy (laughs) yeah and so it's just again so well done and he cooks because like almost for the same reason he has a passion for it he's really good at it you Mm -hmm. know but what we come to find out is like we actually don't know if he actually enjoys it we actually don't know if he actually loves it he's just good at it and it's something that he just known all his life is just cooking maybe it was a glimpse of donna wanting carmy in the kitchen to help her and then he's like that's the only good memory that he has really he wants to well maybe that's what led him to like to cook because that's what his mom told him to do. And because he always helped out his mom in the kitchen, he was like, oh, okay, I guess I'll just do this for a living, you know, go into chef school and all that stuff. But you're right. We, we still don't know if he's, if he truly loves cooking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we get later on too, that he just doesn't know what love is in general. So he confuses it with passion and it confuses it with skill essentially. Again, being good at something 
doesn't mean that you actually truly love it. You know, we know tons of people who are really good at what they do, but that's not exactly what they want to do. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. It's kind of um, a callback to the episode with Will Poulter's character, where he's like, he just learned mm-hmm. a lot from all these people, but he wasn't like, he, he doesn't really love it either. It was just something that he fell into. Right. And then he got good at it because he failed so many times, but it was failure, failure with greater chefs. Mm-hmm. So he learned a lot and picked it up. So it could be a similar scenario with Carmi. Mm-hmm. 100%. It's just funny because, you know, he probably left to go learn how to cook to get away from the hectic family life. But we also get, you know, and again, it was in the first episode of the first season where the school that he went to was just super emotionally abusive. You know, they, they're trying to make it so that you're good under pressure. Mm-hmm. And they're telling you all these things and trying to mess you up so that you become a better you. And you can tell, like, you know, people have PTSD from that because it's it's harsh. Especially Carney. Like, yeah. we see a glimpse of him all the time, like, when he's hallucinating mm-hmm. or when he's, like, his hand and whole body is shaking and he's kind of, like, hyperventilating and he needs to, like, take a moment. Mm-hmm. So it's like, man, his mom did not help. <laughs> right. And Joel McHale, Joel McHale's character, you fucked him up. <laughs> it's your fault, too. <laughs> or just every... He's such a good asshole. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if every chef was like that yeah maybe we'll never know we'll never <laughs> go to chef school it seems like most chefs uh on the social medias are pretty nice <laughs> they just they all agree though it's just very stressful there's just a lot of pressure in it like it's similar ish to acting like if you don't have to be a chef don't be a chef <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> yeah. do something else that's slightly easier better work hours um you know but again if you have a passion for it and you actually love it do what you want doesn't matter (laughs) i mean you are in the kitchen like 12 hours a day so it's like that's a long time that's your life but yeah this episode um donna's projections too is also like something we see in carmy when he's taking it out on sid when sid's losing it or sid is failing you know in the kitchen just a lot of similarities in the family dynamics Mm -hmm. we also see it with uh one of my now favorite characters i mean they're all favorite they're all really good okay but pete you know the punching bag of his family and i feel so bad for him every single time you see him that's the point of course you know like you're going to this fun uh, a dysfunctional family and trying to be that positive um that positive ingredient you know pun intended in this family and whatever he's so interesting because he comes in and brings in the fish and is like why'd you do that (laughs) like well i like his setup because every time before he comes in it's people like talking about what is it um i forgot the phrasing that they used it's like uh not like scumbag yeah or like a tool you're you're a tool or uh yeah and then they're like speaking of tools and then yeah he comes in (laughs) and but it's funny because they're all collectively in agreement of not liking pete right for some reason (laughs) and i think it's just because he's genuinely a good person yeah and so they're you know subconsciously jealous of it yeah they can't accept it yeah it's like why is he not like us or something like that Mm -hmm. yeah like he actually has his shit together excuse Mm -hmm. me but he's really good you know again to have that um comparison between like like we get so used to everyone but the point is like they're all going through a lot of different things and we see the inadequacy in richie right like he lies to tiff about getting a job and brings uncle jay into it and of course uncle jay 
feels bad enough and is you know well especially when tiff brought it up at the table yeah and then richie's like oh shoot you know that was a tense moment i thought i thought uncle jay was gonna you know push him down on the bus and that would have been the reason for their divorce yeah but nope uncle jay still held it down (laughs) still still covered up covered for him yeah so he still loves richie you know it's it's crazy everything um but john mulaney's character is almost like pete because yeah. he's kind of like calm and kind of like a nice guy and then in that moment when they're sharing stories in that living room and then we hear donna in the kitchen like losing it mm-hmm. and then john mulaney's like oh, i'm gonna see if she needs help and then everyone's like no no, no. <laughs> it's like all right good luck then <laughs> he's yeah gonna get eaten alive yep and then yeah. he goes to the kitchen and he's like like the first word he says and then donna just like blows up on him. <laughs> it's it's funny because he's also married into the family through yeah. sarah paulson's character and when they're sitting at the table trying to eat and whatever and they're like why don't you go ahead and do say the grace. prayer yeah. yeah say grace he's like can i not please <laughs> yeah. and then go on and just pretend that nothing happened right mm-hmm. and he's trying to i don't know like say something say something yeah and it's just a bunch of random words you can tell he's scared and uncomfortable well what's funny he's is cool. that uh it was like there's some build up there because it's like oh can i not say grace and then we get the whole fork situation between yeah. mikey and bob odenkirk's character and then <laughs> finally in order to break all of the tension well not really break it more like postpone it or what's like a good like a dam over it it's mm-hmm. still there mm-hmm. <laughs> so donna comes in finally after kind of like having a mental breakdown after finishing all the food and stuff mm-hmm. like that she comes in blah blah blah. what did i miss and then it's like oh nothing much everyone's kind of just like trying to play it off and then mikey calls on mm-hmm. john mulaney's character to be like to say grace but like it's hard to say no to mikey <laughs> yeah. i'm just just like, it. I'm like scared i'm just gonna do what he asks <laughs> yeah pretty much and then we get this whole like awkward john mulaney trying to like figure out what to say grace at mm-hmm. you know so to push it a little bit further too let's obviously talk about the ending right like so much even in the last five minutes of the last episode or of the of episode six is like what is going on first of all like you know we get donna cracking because sugar asks if she's okay yeah and we get that emotional abuse unfortunately for sugar and again she just wants to be enough for her mother and it just a lot happens there donna walks off and you know bob odenkirk says something and mikey finally snaps and throws the fork at him yeah and we get the whole explosion going back and forth we you know see the close-ups of carmy and sugar being the two that was actually affected the most probably during this whole thing and then of course donna goes and drives the car through the well, wall that's unexpected because we just see her leave the room we yeah don't, we don't know what she did but it's then, so crazy but, but yeah the fallout <laughs> between mikey and bob odenkirk we thought we were gonna watch a fight happen mm-hmm. they're they're being held back by all their family members and then just like a car crashing into the back of the house or living room area and it's like what the heck who was that yeah and then we don't even know that it's donna until it's like mikey, mikey comes up comes up and he's like mom mm-hmm. what did you do and then you know we and like that's how the episode ends too where it, it kind of it doesn't like end it mm-hmm. just like fades out and then we kind of return to carmy's present moment but like it's just mikey banging on the uh, car door like mm-hmm. mom what did you do what did you do and then everyone else is just like in shock mm-hmm. it's like that's oh a lot gosh. that's yeah. a lot for a family to go through it's traumatizing like you mentioned how they ended it too is just you know fade out so that we can 
assume that it's of course an ongoing issue for each and every one of them like this big moment here is essentially probably what defined the next aspects of their lives and this was just a year before the first season this is a year before everything happened oh really yeah i wasn't aware of the the time frame they they mentioned it was i think in the beginning it was like 260 something days before opening oh okay yeah. so okay. it was about a year before it all and that's very recent obviously. yeah that's very recent so just a lot going on man but the cool thing that this show does is like we talk about it a lot is improv and i feel like i don't think you how do i say this i think every show should allow characters or actors to improv mm -hmm. because i don't think you can write the fork scene <laughs> no, no i don't think you can write that you can be like all right so mikey and bob odenkirk's character kind of have like a falling out so they need to get into a fight or they need to there's a lot of tension there uh, mikey feels insecure bob odenkirk is uh kind of a douchebag yeah <laughs> and he's pushing mikey's buttons mm -hmm. and then like this could be maybe one take of many where john bernthal is like <laughs> you know picks up the fork and throws it at him and because of good improv bob odenkirk is like don't you fucking throw a fork at me or whatever you know mm -hmm. and it just builds up but i don't know I, I think a lot more shows can benefit from improv absolutely it brings the the actor's level of talent into the character itself to bring more life into a character right we can tell when a character is just written and then you know the the lines are just being said without any kind of substance and even when the lines are said there's still a lot of dead space like a lot mm -hmm. of dead air it when when you say the line it almost feels like there should have been more right. for some reason you know and like you're waiting for something it's like yeah. what what are you going to say next yeah there needs to be more context it's like you can't just end it there or it's really hard to write in the first place so like props to the writers <laughs> <laughs> oh absolutely but um i don't know i feel like shows like uh what's that one cia show that we saw uh you're talking about um the one with uh gabriel basso yeah that one the night agent yeah the night agent i feel like there was a lot of dead space in between scenes and stuff like that so i feel like a little bit of improv allowing the characters to just i don't know just do a little bit more before cutting that is a great example to bring into this yeah. to compare with the bear because I, I just felt like there's a lot of like action piece moments and then there was a lot of quiet moments where like the characters are kind of just like looking at each other or something like that and it's like hmm i feel like either you cut sooner because you didn't like nothing happened <laughs> we're wasting time or you allow the camera to stay on because the characters are doing something there's another really good piece uh, of improvisation we can tell right uh in, in the scene where mikey and richie are ganging up on carmy uh and they're like hey we just saw uh, oh claire claire, claire bear. <laughs> yeah we just saw claire bear she's she's smoking hot now whatever mm -hmm. and like she likes you and stuff right and they're like we're ganging up on carmy and carmy obviously is uncomfortable because they're like you guys always do this you know even yeah. as your kids you know whatever like so you can tell there's that you know older sibling yeah older sibling dynamic feel, right and so they're going they're like no 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 like this time's like no you gotta go after her blah blah blah. you always liked her she likes you you know type of thing and, and like, they were hyping her up like crazy yeah it's just funny because like you can tell right again improv but it's so full and it's so you know emotional and it has a bunch of depth in it and it's just like holy crap yeah like we get the the idea right even more that him or sorry that claire and carmy should be together yeah and just just like oh my god like they are perfect for each other 
obviously setting up for something pretty big but like it's just so interesting to see that scene because like i bet you you know the director is probably like hey kami you know remember that your younger brother right now you're not same level right now mm-hmm. and you guys are gonna come at him with full force about claire seeing claire you know and they kind of just riff off on it and they're just like being like yeah we just saw claire blah 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 and it's like damn <laughs> i wonder i wonder how right we are or how off-based we are by, i know by guessing like, please tell us because like the, the improv moment you could just tell that there's just so true. much more to it true because like when you improv like it's already full you're not trying something you know you're not saying a line it's because you're already like you're on board with what's the situation mm-hmm. is yeah so i mean we could be right but we could be <laughs> yeah, very, wrong. we could be very off base and that just means that they're just that good better. at writing <laughs> they're like no we wrote every single <laughs> beat and moment right. that you've seen in this show <laughs> right and they deserve that would be insane 10 times more than what they're getting that would be insane dude <laughs> yeah writer oh, strike geez. immediately yeah. <laughs> double triple your pay <laughs> yeah. i'm coming down with you guys because that's that's crazy if it's written but especially yeah especially the dinner scene mm-hmm. I, I think you can write majority of that but the riffing off of one another that'd be tough yeah that i don't know this show is so damn good we that, need season three to come out like now and like <laughs> if they did write it it's got to be like five years or something just in the making just like redrafting and you know rewriting it just make sure you can write in those like tidbits between yes. the characters interacting with one another when we get those shots of all right we're gonna have a moment with these two we're gonna have a moment with these two mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Ooh, so oh, man what an episode episode six i knew it is gonna is is jam-packed full of things and i'm sure we're missing stuff too yeah um, just because <laughs> everything else that happens after episode six is also a lot um but uh, anything else that you can think of for episode six we didn't get to talk about jillian jacobs that much <laughs> oh, right like she needs some love she needs, <laughs> i wasn't expecting her uh, i again i didn't know coming into this who was gonna play as tiff i also didn't think tiff would show up but I love that she's in this. Like I mentioned, I love community and her as uh, seasons one through four. Actually, all of it. So I really? rewatched it. Season five is okay. Season six is better than you think it'd be. Okay. Yes. I don't but, think I've ever seen season six because yeah. that was when they they canceled. They brought it back, and it was with Yahoo, Yahoo. at the time, and yeah. like I, it was a mess. It was so crazy to watch. So I love the fact that I got to watch community season six. Okay. Where it was more of a passion project for everyone that was involved in the show. And this was after the firing of Chevy Chase too? Yeah, this is like way after. Okay, cool. I think Chevy Chase got fired technically season five, killed off. <laughs> oh, okay. And then, you know, it was like two or three years later, season six came out. Okay. But uh, she does a wonderful job, you know, again, in community. So to see her, to see her on a show like this, and again, like f- almost flawlessly blend in with everything. Yeah, to take on a more serious role too. She did have a semi-serious role in... Um... What's that cool, fun trilogy? Fear Street. Oh. Fear Street, when she plays the older version of Iggy or something like that. Was she in? Yeah, she was in there. Interesting. Yeah. I can't even remember. I mean, she's barely in it because she's telling a story from. Oh, that's right. right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. But in this one, this one's a more serious role and there's a little bit more meat to it. I'm not Mm -hmm. sure how much more tiff we're going to get, but, you know right it's just cool <laughs> it's good and again her with richie that dynamic too like you can so funny you can <laughs> it's just so awkward but like you can tell it's just two people in love and doing like quirky things that you know couples do when they're alone together that's what i was gonna say it, it's like they're doing these uh sweet 
kind of like cheesy moments together yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't feel off right so like it's so heartfelt and yeah. like like when they're just doing the tongue thing it's just like it's, <laughs> it's weird for us but also yeah. it's damn adorable you know it's just good and the funny thing we also have another insight into donna and how she is you know like one thing i totally forgot to mention is like the house itself when we take out the fact that it's a set right donna mm -hmm. was the one who decorated the whole house herself okay it's a big ass house right yeah and so the scene that we get with richie and tiff is really nice because they go in there and they're like you believe this room this room's wild like what do you think is that a cheetah is that you know oh a, yeah. A <laughs> yeah right a leopard and and if you continue to kind of like see the little details it's another glimpse into the fact that donna is just <sighs> she's extra she's not so much unhinged but also that you know she loves um showing off almost you know what i mean like she has that kind of inadequacy where she's like you know i want to show people how good i am versus like i'm gonna you know <laughs> just be good <laughs> <laughs> just be good. let them know it that way so yeah there's like a lack of comfort mm -hmm. there yeah so the room like tidbits was actually really nice to be like oh donna's actually super extra yeah do you know of anybody that's like that? <laughs> um, no comment. I played the fifth. <laughs> Man, but good episode. Good episode. So tune in more for you know the rest of the season. Uh, it's just what a show, man. <laughs> Do you think Jamie Lee Curtis will be nominated for an award? I hope so. This one was probably one of her more uh, substance-filled roles there's just so much depth to her character and again from her progress as you know when we first hear to the end of the episode is amazing like we know that her character is an alcoholic she's um craving love but also doesn't know how to show love and stuff like that it's just really well done i wonder if she even qualifies because if she's only in like one or two episodes you know what i'm saying yeah i don't know like does That's that count tough. as just like a guest star and therefore guest stars don't really win awards like you have yeah. to be like one of the supporting cast or leads it's so good honestly this whole show is gonna win so many awards i don't think they I, i'm not gonna say i think they'll win some they're gonna win tons of awards yeah i don't i can't think of a better show um when in terms of like this kind of writing another thing to note is that like these cameos aren't they can't just be cameos because if it was just a, a small part role they would have just casted like a day player like a different actor but they casted big namers mm -hmm. like bigger namers to play these parts so i'm curious if there's a bigger plan for all of these characters and like the later seasons to come let's hope so yeah yeah, yeah. i mean <laughs> that's... i need more luca i need more uh freaking oh, well my prediction sorry. is that they all will come back because right. like sarah paulson's character is like carmy like mm -hmm. you should come live with me i think it's better for you or whatever like they're all reaching out to help Carmi. It's just like he's the one that's most sane, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone kind of gave up on Mikey. Ugh, it's so sad because he's so stubborn. Right. Not it's not because they don't want to help him. It's right. like he's so stubborn and he's like falling into this uh, immature, childish tendency. Mm -hmm. Hence, like the whole fork thing. And it's like very self-destructive baby. Yeah, very uh, self-destructive, like Donna. And mm -hmm. then we get a glimpse of Carmi later. Yeah. But, Oof well i guess i mean again there's probably some things we're missing for episode six but it's just jam-packed full of stuff deserved a whole episode in itself just so good 
um so good that's pretty much it man <laughs> for yeah. episode six of the bear we're gonna finish it soon uh tune in for more and like subscribe follow do all the things yeah and i've yeah. been derek i've been kevin bye, bye.